HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network. We're a member-supported food radio network broadcasting over 35 weekly shows live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. Join our hosts as they lead you through the world of craft brewing, behind the scenes of the restaurant industry, inside the battle over school food, and beyond. Find us at heritageradionetwork.org. Welcome to HRN Happy Hour. It's five o'clock somewhere, and somewhere is Vermont. Vermont. I'm Kat Johnson, the communications director at HRN, and we're on location this special, special day for a really cool episode of HRN Happy Hour. I'm with Hannah Forden and Jordan Werner Berry. Hey guys. What's up, Kat? Hey. And we also have a lot of awesome friends around the picnic table with us, which we're going to introduce all of them in just one second. But first, we want to introduce our camp counselor, Luke. Hey, Luke. Luke. Oh, hey. Can you please introduce yourself and tell us why we're all here? Uh, my name is Luke Schmucker from Shaxbury Cider. We invited all you amazing people up here to Vermont to hang out with us and... Uh, Forge for some wild apples, see what we do up here at Shaxbury, and uh, hang out and have a beverage or two. Or two, or three. Or three. Or four. It's a whole It's a whole two days. There's a lot of drinks that can be fit in. Yeah. Um, and so typically at the top of our show, we do two things. We do announcements and we do headlines. So in lieu of announcements, can you please share some camp announcements with us? Of course. Uh, the most important thing to know at Shaq's camp is we work on a four bell system. Uh, the first bell is just an alert, time to wake up. Bell number two means Brio is hanging out in the lodge and your coffee's ready. Yes. Bell three means breakfast is ready. Bell four means the van is leaving. If you don't come down to the lodge immediately, you will be walking to meet up with us. And Luke, can you give our listeners uh, a little idea of all of the amazing cider-related activities that we've been doing here at camp? Yes. we. Uh, the main purpose is to give you the the full circle of what we've been working with at, with apples. We went to a wild apple tree. Then we went to two different orchards where we 
uh, have been propagating those wild apples, then up to the cidery to see where we're fermenting those apples, and then back to camp to drink those apples. We're just doing, covering all the bases. It's the circle of life, really. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Um, are there any more camp announcements that we all need to know about while we're here at Camp Betsy Cox? Oof. I got nothing. Don't mind the whole lamb. Yes. Uh, there is a whole lamb that just came into the kitchen. I don't even know if this is an announcement that I should be sharing with everyone until I get a majority of said lamb, but... Uh, <laughs> As soon as I'm done eating it, I'm going to let everyone know and they can come in and have the rest of it. Thanks to Dan over at uh, Cafe Du Paz in Cambridge. And really quickly, can you tell us about Camp Betsy Cox, where we're all hanging out these couple days, and what's the story behind this location? Yeah, so we were lucky enough through some of our friends at uh, Heritage Radio to Mm -hmm. be connected up to Lori, who owns Camp Betsy Cox in Pittsford, Vermont. It's an all-girls summer camp with about, I think about 12 bunkhouses that uh, they let us take over for camp. And I just still can't believe they let us do this. <laughs> it's, uh, it's pretty much the most idyllic camp that you could have set in the woods with fireplaces in the bunks, tennis courts in front of the lodge. And uh, now it's completely stocked with a whole lamb, head of the woods mushrooms, wheels of cheese, tons of cider, and a lot of good people. Yay. What more could you want? Yeah. And speaking of good people, so in lieu of our headlines section of Happy Hour, we're just going to start passing the mic around and letting everyone who's at this table that represent kind of every corner of the food and beverage industry in one way or another and just have everyone introduce themselves and give us a little rundown of where you're from, what you do with food and beverage, and um, any other thoughts that you might have about camp so far. I'll start with Neil because Neil is a longtime listener, second time guest, second time guest, second time guest. So Neil, take it away. Yo, I am Neil. I am from Native Sun Ale House in Orange County. Uh, we buy beer, wine, cider, specifically Shaxbury cider. Um, that's how I got here. And we go to these fun events when we get invited because in beer, you don't get invited to anything fun. Spirits people get to go on trips around the world all the time. In, in four years, we have come to this camp twice. <laughs> that's been all of our perks for it. But we always have a great time. Um, what was the other question we were supposed to do? What's your highlight of camp so far? Oh, um, this, uh, the lamb coming off. <laughs> I haven't even eaten it yet. Yeah. <laughs> and since Neil's over here starting beef with wine people, I'll pass it over to Krista next, who is primarily wine, but you do other stuff as well. Mm. <laughs> My name is Krista. I'm a vineyard owner of Zoffa Wines. I'm here because I'm met Luke, Colin, and David a couple years ago um, here in Vermont while I was working with Lager Argista, and we'll soon be opening a tasting room and winery in Burlington. Um, we'll and also doing multiple collaborations, uh, making Venice cider together, collaborating, bridging, relationship between grapes and apples. Um, highlight is just being here at this table with people who have supported me and thus far and been able to celebrate especially after 40 hours of ending the harvest 
Uh, this is my first day of law in, in like eight months, so I'm just happy just to kick it and chill and drink some awesome shit. Can I say that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> We're Hi, I'm Cassidy Gardner. I'm one half of Butch Judy's. Uh, we produce vermouth out of Brooklyn and out of uh, Burlington, Vermont now, and Virgins. Uh, I'm here because I met the fabulous Krista Scruggs, and she's going to be making our base wine. Uh, so she introduced me to this really awesome community in Vermont. Um, even though I happen to be from here, this is like a very, very special community to be a part of. Um, and I would have to say probably my favorite part of camp is that I haven't slept on the top bunk in a really long time. <laughs> um, so I think this is like, uh, you know, a one-time opportunity uh, probably every few years. So, Hi, I'm Audrey Burr. I'm an enology and viticulture student from Washington State interning with Krista Scruggs of Zafa. And yeah, I'd have to say my favorite thing so far is all the people I've met here. It's been pretty cool sharing all these experiences with everyone. My name is Jill Mott, and I'll be working in the cellar with Shaxbury and apparently Krista, which is very exciting in the next few days. Jill, where are you from? From Minneapolis, Minnesota. I work as a sommelier and a consultant. Um, I work retail and have worked sellers around the world and think right now there's no more of a beautiful place to be than Vermont. Uh, I'm Aaron Goldfarb. I'm a booze writer out of Brooklyn. Uh, what, was the ne- what was the next question? <laughs> the best part of camp? Um, you know, sleeping around five dudes snoring all night, I guess. <laughs> no, no baby and cat waking me up at least, though, so, you know, it's pretty good. <laughs> Fetishes, yeah. Um, is that all we got? I have a new book that just came out, Hacking Whiskey. Uh, and there is some cider content in there for the real cider geeks out there. Uh, Luke uh, made a cider-finished uh, whistle pig rye amateurly and then whistle pig decided to make it professionally so it now exists but you're never going to get to taste it <laughs> but you can look at pictures of it on instagram <laughs> at aaron goldfarb <laughs> what a good plug oh yeah, perfect yeah. yeah uh i'm zach mack i'm one of the owners of alphabet city beer co in the east village uh and governor's beer co on governor's island and uh, booze writer as well. We'll cover beer mostly. Uh, Aaron and I see a lot of each other. Um, camp has been amazing so far, especially like the throw of the top bunk and the snoring and whatnot. The pristine lake that I just got to walk over to. But yeah, it's, it's been really cool to spend time with people like this in the context of something that we all kind of seem to appreciate. And This food has been incredible. I thought this was going to be a very different experience than, than what it's actually turned out to be. So. Hello. Are we good? Um, hey guys, I'm Matt Wolf, uh, born and raised in Lancaster, Pennsylvania, uh, currently living in Brooklyn. I'm a sommelier and a front of house at the Four Horsemen, uh, at Four Horsemen BK. Yeah. <laughs> Need more followers. No, no, no. Um, 
I developed a relationship with Shaxbury through uh, my prior work uh, under the Momofuku group and connected through that, did a fun little collaboration cider that we found to be very successful. Um, and these people have kind of developed into members of my family now. Um, it's pretty, pretty special. Uh, this is my fourth camp in a row. Um, so if that doesn't say enough, uh, but to be completely honest, the coolest part of camp so far was taking a quarter wheel of raclette to an open flame and just scraping it off onto freshly baked bread. That was pretty special. Yeah. And can you tell our listeners a little bit about your costume choices oh. during camp? <laughs> so, uh, it was my 28th birthday on Sunday and... I came up with a good friend, John Shirk, who also works at Four Horsemen. Little plug, say hi, John. Hey, what's going on, guys? I'm also a dragon when it's party time. <laughs> you will know it's party time when the dragon comes out. Uh. So we uh, we had to stop at a Walmart on the way up for socks and next to the socks. <laughs> this way? Should I repeat that whole thing? Yeah, a little bit. We, uh... <laughs> We had to stop for socks on the on the way up, and right next to socks were twenty dollar animal onesies for adults. Um, so myself and the other two gentlemen who were in my car, I, they were so against it too, which was so wrong. I saw them instantly; was like, "This is happening." And John was like, "No, man, let's go." I think I had already had like orangutan foot slippers in my hand at the point too, um, and. Yeah, so I'm a, uh, I have a cow onesie with kind of some, suggesti some suggestive udders. Uh, John's, John's a dragon with the most playful wings you have ever seen in your life. And our boy Clark is a donkey. It has like a mohawk and a tail longer than this mic cord. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I think we can yeah. probably promise that we'll have that be our episode photo for this week. So we'll make sure that no one misses out on the exceptional costumes. Uh, I am Jesse Galston. Uh, I do sales for Shaxbury. Um, I met these folks when I was selling cheese and just sidling up to every single customer in the store I worked at and saying, can I help you with cider? Because I'm just all about spreading the gospel. Um, best part of camp... Uh, yeah, well, I think what mo what most people said, um, people, it's the people for me always, uh, like Matt said, it's, it's, it's family here always, and just uh, seeing all the old friends and meeting all the new friends. Yeah, very special, always. So to start off some questions, my first question is for you, Luke, because as Neil was kind of talking about, I think a lot of spirits companies will send folks to meet distillers or visit, you know, Scotland or Oaxaca or these very cool places but I can't imagine that it really has the same vibe as going to camp so why is this experience specifically for everyone something that you think is important for Shaxbury to do well I think the the main reason this is different than going over to visit a distiller in Scotland or doing something like that is that we don't have a marketing budget uh, so camp for us we just had to get crafty and figure out a way to get a lot of our friends to come up and visit and uh i 
I think that one of the main things that we really like to do from this and from the fact that it's not purely driven by that marketing budget where you just bring a bunch of people up that are your top accounts, we kind of bring people up that we want to hang out with. So like more than anything, it's, I, I started this camp, like this camp idea, like Dave and I were talking and he's like, I was like, I want to do, I'm going to be coming back to Vermont in October. There's all this list of things that I want to do. And we just decided let's just invite all these people up together. And, uh, it's a great excuse for me to pretend like live out my like fallen new England, uh, fantasy. So we just bring up people that we want to bring up. So Matt Pond, who's a musician, not even in food and beverage, brought him up to play guitar later tonight. And, uh, you know, above all else, the, the main thing that's different about this is we choose people that we really like to come up and hang out with us almost more as friends than anything else. I don't know if that's the best business decision that I've made, but, uh, it's more just who do we want to share a, 10 to 12 person communal bunk with is really what it comes down to. Forgive snoring. Yeah, and forgive snoring. Yes, exactly. Yeah. And how many years has it been going? Uh, we do it twice a year. We have harvest and grafting camp. This is the third year that we're doing it. So this is our fifth camp. Because we started at harvest camp, fifth or sixth camp. We've... They all kind of blend together after a little while, but now that we have 50 people as opposed to 15, it's a little bit of a different story. And can you talk a little about, bit about the collaborations that Shaxbury has done that are really unique, and maybe Matt can jump in on that too since he's been involved? Yes. Again, primarily driven by people that we want to hang out with. So there's a there's a reason that Krista is sharing our space in Virgens is because even beyond the amazing wine that she's making, we want to hang out with Krista. And the Momofuku collaboration, Matt came up and hang out, hung out, and we want to hang out with Matt. And Luke from Modern Times is here, and we're doing a hop cider with them because we love Delicious. Luke and the guys <laughs> at Modern Times. And we... Again, I guess it just goes back to we do things with people that we want to hang out with. But also, you know, they have to be people that are producing quality beverages, care about what they're doing, food or wine uh, or cider or beer or anything that they're doing. As long as it's someone that's really passionate about their do- what they're doing, that's really what we look for. We had uh, Will Bryan up earlier this week, who's an artist based out of Austin, Texas, and He's done the cans two years in a row for our deer snacks, which is a blend of wild foraged apples and fruit from Sunrise Orchard. And he actually just added a panel to our mural, which we're super excited about. And that all started with, I was a fan of his art. Alex from Shaxbury is down in Texas and started hanging out with Will Bryan. And Will was very generous uh, to let us use some of his art for our can and then come up for the mural. And I mean, I think that part of this helps if you are creating an alcoholic beverage that people want to consume. So (laughs) it's a little bit of an easier sell. Like come up to Vermont. We're not saying come up in mud season. We're saying come up to Vermont during peak foliage. We got a place for you to stay, come up and hang out and we'll do an artist collaboration. So. 
And Krista, how did you get involved with the Shaxbury crew? And tell us more about kind of the future plans that you have with them. Uh, I met Luke, David, and Colin um, about two years ago. When I was assistant winemaker with Deidre Heakin at La Gardista, whom they still collaborate with and a mentor of mine. And um, it was about, I don't know, this, this year has been as a blur in the, for the best best reasons that someone could say that but uh earlier this year i was at the virgin tasting room and i uh it's funny because james is here from um uh, uh, uh the pottery uh farmhouse pottery. pottery and i was actually going we were we're going to collaborate in some way in the future uh possibly him making clay fermentation vessels mm. with me and so that's and we, we we saw each other, and like we like it's funny because I was gonna be actually be based out there, and we're I was good. He has in their their home base. They have a cellar, and then we connected again today because of Shaxbury facilitating this this environment where so many talented people understand collaboration, understand what it means to be in a space that there's no such thing. We're all a right, part of a rising ship, and I think that's I don't think. Luke understands what's so special about. I mean, I think you do understand it. I don't think you understand the gravity of what you're creating in this space for us to sit here and when we're all, when there's no such thing as a competition or something so subjective, we're all like benefiting from this very beautiful connection that we all share. So thank you, Luke. I want to for creating this space. <laughs> but anyway, so with that being said, I, it, like, James is here and we're like we're gonna still fucking connect and and I will have some clay vessels. And anyway. Um, so that was the original thing, and then I was oh, sitting cool. at the tasting room, and <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. You just, yeah. <laughs> no, like yeah, we're like the and exactly. No, it's gonna be some for a uh, yeah. Um, and I was sitting at the Virgin's tasting room, and I was talking out like just riffing with Colin and David and I'm like yeah I'm looking for a production space right now then like basically it was like why we'll do it here <laughs> and I'm sure they made a phone call to Luke and like anyway mm -hmm. and that happened and then Steve Conan so that was going to be the original plan which still is in place I'm produ producing my 2018 vintage um, in Virgins and then along the way Steve Conan uh, another amazing generous man and who who owns the soda plant in Burlington Want to create a collaborative space, which is the same vein of what Shaxbury is doing, like, thematically what Shaxbury has been doing in regards to collaboration. And and I get a call from David and Colin. They're like, "Hey, so this opportunity presented itself. Why don't we do our wild forage apple space, which aligns with my ethos and winemaking, with you know zero zero, and let's share a production space and also a tasting room and now we have a riddling room too um and i was like uh yes please and we have a 900 a gallon fooder. fooder yeah that's gonna be that's gonna be housing our collaboration each year um that was tagged by will bryan yes he's the first person is very good at basketball yeah. as well so i am not gonna yes i <laughs> i used to be a point guard and i'm <laughs> I, I do I, I do have some game in yeah. any way. <laughs> 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 um, but so it just it happened naturally. I think it's not a coincidence when being introduced to the the founders and owners of Shaxbury 
uh, game recognizing game, and I think <laughs> primarily, <laughs> and, yeah, and they and they saw something in me, and they've honestly, I've made my my dreams come true with within me having a production space, me collaborating with them with Venice Cider, so. We will be kegging actually tomorrow our first collaboration, um, must from a uh, grape that I farmed this year with one of their base ciders, which will be our first collaborative release. We have a 900 gallon fooder that we will be um, collaborating with a base wine and co fermenting a base wine with their cider. And then we could then repurpose those skins that we press off. And so, our, honestly, I, Lord knows how many collaborations that we'll be releasing, but in our tasting room, they will be on tap. Um, we will always have access to our collaborations from basically here until hopefully eternity until we die. <laughs> um, and thank you, Luke, for, for so you, you, David and Colin really have made my dreams come true. Like seriously. So happy you didn't say Alex. <laughs> <laughs> Alex, I always feel like Alex, I actually spent a whole day with Alex in the cellar and I didn't say one word to him. I was like, Oh yeah. Hi Alex. <laughs> No, we all we all give Alex a lot of shit, but I love Alex and Jesse, and but like I, but thank you, Luke, and <laughs> David, and Colin. <laughs> no. So yeah, well, our collaborations will be based off like basically of Venice Cider, so it's basically bridging our gap. I also make cider myself, but I would they're the they're an expert more than I am. So I'm a student in both realms, but to collaborate, we all fucking love Shaxbury Cider. I can't, I probably, I'm drinking out of my allowance, I think, at this point in time. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's an honor to be collaborating with them and have this relationship. And then speaking of collaborations, um, Cassie, you touched on this a little bit, but do you want to talk about how you got started collaborating with Krista and like plans for what you guys will be working on? Yeah, sure. Um, yeah, so Krista and I met through a mutual friend, um, and actually it was kind of a funny story. We met in Brooklyn. Um, Krista had just started working with Jenny Francois, and uh, she immediately kind of like took me under her wing, and she was like, you're a friend of a friend, so you must be good people. And she brought me immediately to her celebratory dinner uh, to be signed with Jenny, and uh, I knew no one there. Um, and she was like speaking a foreign language to me. Uh, but I was very moved by the whole experience. Um, we had a really nice conversation after that. I was explaining um, uh, my business partner, Katie Zanon, and I's plans to make vermouth. And we had, ha you know, had a little bit of trouble finding the right person uh, to make our wine base. And Krista's like, why the fuck aren't you asking me? Um, and I was like, oh my god. I was like, I never thought she'd, <laughs> she'd want to do that. Um, and, you know, we just connected on a really deep level. And, uh, uh, you know, as queer women, it's really important for us to find the space to work together um, and women in general working together, especially in this industry that's often really dominated uh, by men. So um, that was something really special. And I think you're going to see a lot of that in the collaboration that we do. Um, so we'll be working potentially on a cider um, an aperitif. Uh, there's a few th ideas in the works right now. Um, so right now we're just kind of in the experimental phase. But yeah. That sounds really exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I love all the different, like, the different collaborations around. There's like dozens around the table with different people. I think I want all of you to talk a little bit about Vermont and the things that Vermont brings to the beverage industry and why this is all happening here. 
because like we're in New York and we get to drink all the cool shit that you guys make, but you're here making it. What is what is it about this state that lets all of this happen? Whoa. <laughs> I already go first. <laughs> go for it. I go. I mean, it ties back to Luke, who could I guess speak after me. Is that I? I'm, for example, what drew me here. I'm from California. I'm from the Central Valley, California. And I met Deirdre, Queen D, <laughs> one of the most formative people in, in wine, not only just in this country, but in the world, doing um, changing our dialogue and in regards to how we see wine, in regards to farming and making wine. And I met her at Ordinaire, which is one of the most important wine bars in the, con- in the world, let alone the country. Um, and I came to Vermont just to stodge with her for a harvest and I led to a job offer. And it was the easiest decision to, to make in my life to move from California to Vermont. Um, it was because of this. And I, I was recently asked in interviews, they were like, Oh, you know, Chris, we, we don't doubt like your talents and your ambition, but would it look like this if you weren't here? And I'm like, absolutely not. I, this would not look the same if I stayed in California to make wine at all. And, and I'm in a relationship with Texas, but it was Vermont. It's the community. And my relationship with Shaxbury, like I, I meant it, it changed my life. My relationship with Deirdre changed my life. My life will never be the same because of the people I've met in Vermont. And what we're doing right now at this table, what this community that they do with their camps every year is a reflection and re- an iteration, reiteration of what we value here in this state. I'm not a Vermonter, I'm a Vermonter now. And I still have my California ID, though, which I will hold on to for a little bit. But, <laughs> but, but I am so proud to say that I will, like, I'm living, like, there's, like, two people in the song, live and die in L.A. I'm, like, I'm living and dying in Vermont. And I, like, owe that proudly. <laughs> and, and it's because it really is. And, like, it's not because Luke is here sitting across the table for me, but it is because of, but it is because, it's like, you know, it's him and Deirdre and Steve Conan and, and all the and like Marissa Mauro's here, like who's a fucking amazing butter. Like I, there's some people in this in this space that I who inspire me, and that support me for me moving across the country. And I'm not from Vermont, but I was welcome with open arms. And it's like I want to do this, and everyone's like, okay, how can we make that happen? I don't think that exists many places outside of Vermont. So cheers to Vermont. <laughs> First of all, I think I'm getting way too much credit here. I do not feel comfortable with this. Uh, Camp Dad. Camp Dad. Camp Dad. I I think that someone last night when we were hanging out, and I feel feel like a great drinking game for this episode would be anytime you hear the word community, you have to drink. And I'm gonna and I'm gonna and and I'm gonna say it again because I think it was Mike from Misery was like someone was asking like. How do you have a restaurant in Burlington that takes a uh, a whole fish, serves it to you, and then deep fry it like Thai style and deep fries the skeleton after and gives it back to you and serves it that way in a place like Burlington? And it's it's all due to a group of people that are essentially just kind of banding together and trying to push forward. Um, there's Vermont is blessed with a lot of land with beautiful products being produced from it, uh, whether it's some of the best butter in the country or cheese or cider or wine in a place that no one thought you could make good wine. And now people are like, oh, that 
that Vermont wine, though. Like, <laughs> there's not a lot of it, but there's a few people, and it's pretty allocated. But if you can get your hands on it, it's it's really good. You know, who who would think, you know, 10, 15 years ago that a, uh, a new wine producer would come in and have allocated wine from Vermont that people are just chomping at the bit to get their hands on. So, and it's, again, it's all driven by this food and beverage community in Vermont that is so focused on showing off what's so great about Vermont. And Vermont Department of Agriculture is also behind it as well. So I think that it's just, it's, again, it's a big community of people that are wanting to share what's so special and what can be produced in Vermont. And you're a part of that. You are a part of that. You're facilitating bit. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I try. You are. I just like go out there and talk about it a lot. Yeah. The biggest rapper of Vermont all the way all in California. California. Yeah. I did I did the I did the I did the reverse. Yeah. I did yeah. I did the reverse. Krista came from California and moved to Vermont. I grew up in New England, moved to California, and now I come back here and just try to pretend like I live in Vermont when I come back. You're That's, doing well. Yeah. You would, ha- you would have any of us full. You talk about avocados and limes and yeah. what the oh, I, lo- I, I trade Brad at Windfall mushrooms for, like, all, read avocados and pomegranates. I brought him over, and I was like, so how about some of those out of the woods? <laughs> that seems like a fair trade to me. Oh, Totally. Um, well, speaking of California, so Neil's over in California, and I, I really, one thing I want to talk about is how you're serving Shaxbury, because you're doing some really creative things with these cans. Tell us about some of the drinks you've come up with, and give, paint us a picture, Neil. <laughs> this is the first part, I think, right? Yeah! <laughs> that Vermont did it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all Vermont. We do not get this one. Um <laughs> So we do primarily canned cider um, because, like, we actually we have we have dry on right now on draft. Um, but in the last, like, three years, there's been the whole uh, Corona Rita style, like, minis in the can kind of thing. Um, and we're beer and wine, so we can't do regular minis, but we can do Underberg. Thank you. Really weird ABC loopholes. Food products are the best. Um that's the best make in Amaro that can be sold at Beer and Wine. Um, that is what I've been looking for so much. But so yeah, so we uh, we pop the can open, shove an Underberg in there, shove a curly straw. Sorry, I know straws are bad, but right now we're still using them. Um, <laughs> they've already been made. I have I have two thousand of them. That's how you had to buy them. <laughs> um, yeah, so we do a lot of fun stuff like that. Um, we have like. Uh, it, We've been open four years. Beer gets kind of boring after a while. <laughs> uh, so we do stuff like we have a frozen machine. And so we do a lot of like frozen drinks with like cider and vermouth or uh, for just fortified wines in general. Frojitos with fino sherry. So good. They're delicious. Um, yeah, Luke's the only one here who's had this stuff. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's just like a fun, creative way to serve this stuff. And it looks really Instagrammable. <laughs> You made me a canned concoction in the walk-in at Camp Bexley Cox last night, and it was an unmarked can. We didn't even know what it was, and you were just like, it's going to be great no matter what. I'm pretty sure it was rosé. It was rosé. We pulled it, poured it out. That one was easy to tell. Rose and it, yeah, rosé and, and <laughs> plug for Beef Eater. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. brought over a bunch of mystery cans that were totally unlabeled. So they were unlabeled mystery cans that just 
they didn't even have dates on the bottom. They were just hanging out and were like, oh, this is a great opportunity to share these with people. (laughs) So that was one of the things we discovered last year at camp was we were, we had some stone cutter, um, really beautiful minis because they're certain. Yes, um, yeah, the Sass square bottle minis. To tonight and she's where is she? The the percentage of likelihood that she kept saying <laughs> she that she's going to come back, At which first, is very specific. She's yeah, seventy like, percent chance I'll come back today. Like, but it had been twenty two meteorologist. Yes, she's the meteorologist of she's gin the baddest, She's the baddest woman in distillery in this side of the Mississippi, I'll tell you that. <laughs> but we, so we had heard awesome minis that are beautiful, and the gin's amazing. And last year we, we paired that. We made cocktails using stonecutter gin and the ginger spritz, the Shaxbury ginger spritz. And it was, like, pretty transcendent, I would say. Until the next one. ginger spritz also. <laughs> yes. That's a... Yeah, that's. <laughs> yeah, that's I a, have to say, I precaution. Think that's book, like that's like a recipe. Yeah, whistle pig, and spritz might have been my downfall last Shaq's camp. So I. Second band leader of the snoring monster. Yeah. Make a Manhattan and toss. Make a Manhattan and just drizzle a little Shaxbury pet net on top. The pet Hatton. And the, it's this been it's been coined trouble. Instead of your cocktail lasting a nice thirty to forty-five to minutes to sixty minutes, it lasts about eighteen. Yeah. That's so, dangerous. Yeah. That's so dangerous. Um, well, it's getting a tiny bit dark here. It's pitch black. <laughs> yeah, and that's a little more accurate. But before we wrap things up, I feel like. We need to say a little bit about our co-ferment event that's coming up because it really fits in nicely with kind of the conversation we've been having around the picnic table right now about cider and wine and beer and how they all kind of interact with each other. So, Jordan, can you tell us about this event that we have coming up? And hopefully we see a lot of people at this table there. Yeah, so we are doing an event at 100 Bogart, our office home, on Monday, November 5th, which happens to be the most beautiful day of my life because it is the raw wine fair and cider week at the same effing time. And I'm so excited. Um, So we're going to be at raw all weekend doing panels and hanging out. And then we're hoping to corral everyone from raw just one subway stop away in Bushwick to hundred Bogart and to talk about cider, wine and beer and the not to screw all of you doing the drinking game, but the community that exists between (laughs) all of them and we put them in these different lanes of what they are, but there are so many things that overlap from production, from cultural standpoints, um, in my work with language. It's just, it all comes together, and we just want people to talk about it. So we're going to have some really cool panelists. We're going to have food for everyone that got overserved at Raw. Like y'all know y'all are going to need food. <laughs> food by Samisa. We buy so much Roberta's. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Raw breaking the bank. <laughs> Um, so yeah, we're going to have John from Black Duck Cidery in the Finger Lakes, Derek Trowbridge from Old World Winery in Sonoma. I think I convinced Krista today in the van to come and be on the panel. I approve. Yes, I am going to be there. Um, and our Bushwick neighbors, Grim Artisan Ales. So we're super excited about it. I'm moderating the panel along with Dan Pucci. Pooch. Shout out to Pooch. Um, and yeah, tickets are on Eventbrite. So buy them. Come hang out with us. Yes. Good job, Jordan. Thanks. We're so excited about this event. Um, all right. Well, I think that's our show, unless anyone has any other important camp announcements to make. 
I have a feeling the lamb might be ready. Yeah, the lamb is calling everyone's name. So let's wrap this thing up. Um, thanks to everyone who sat around the picnic table with us and recorded this DIY-style campfire version of HR and Happy Hour. Um, once again, thank you, especially to Camp Counselor Luke. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> and to Hannah Ford and Jordan Warner Berry, who are my HR and cohorts here at Shaq's Camp. Hashtag Shaq's Camp. Shaq's Happy to camp. be here. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, we will see you again next week or whenever we have a new happy hour. Yeah! <laughs> We'd be remiss without a little air horn. I'm Kat Johnson. Thanks for listening. HRN Happy Hour is powered by Simplecast. Simplecast is a popular hosting and analytics platform that allows podcasters to easily host and publish to apps like Apple Podcasts. If you have a podcast or are looking to create your very first, check it out. Try it for free and save half off your first three months at simplecast.com forward slash heritage. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content and to hear about exclusive events, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without support from listeners like you. Want to be a part of the food world's most innovative community? Rate the shows you like, tell your friends, and please join our community by becoming a member. Just click on the beating heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. <laughs>